Start your computations for time warp. Bones, you come with me. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is Mike on the Mic on GGR Pirate Radio. We are here for another wonderful reason, actually, and that reason is to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But more importantly, we're, we're at a point right now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe where this big thing just happened, right? Like, Endgame. It, it, it's, everybody was just in awe, and it's done, and it's finished, and it's wonderful, and everybody's applauding, standing and applauding this wonderful thing that we just saw. But the question comes, what's next? And we're doing a very special episode of Mike on the Mic tonight. I've got two people with me. One of them actually is like within arm's reach right now uh, because he was nice enough to stop by. We had some dinner. It was wonderful. Uh, You may know him. He's been on the show, I don't know, like a million times, but he's also got his own show. It's called Fantastic Forum. His name is Ulysses E. Campbell. Thank you so much, Mike, and I'm actually more within elbows reach. This is true. To arms reach. This is true because we are using one microphone <laughs> because the other one is broken. Um, but also, too, the I would consider you guys both to be when, when I have questions about comic books, I go to the two of you. I go to Yuli, and I go to a guy who, well, first off, he fucking works in a comic book shop. But also, too, like, he is one of the most knowledgeable people I know when it comes mm-hmm. to comic books. Indeed. And his name is James Rambo. Greetings. Mr. Rambo. Hey. Ah, yes. How are you? <laughs> how you doing, bud? Great, man. Um, hey, I, may, may I just interject that I was incredibly impressed when Mike told me that uh, he holds me in a similar esteem as he holds James Rambo. <laughs> I was oh, like, sir, "Whoa!" The, the, the feeling <laughs> is mutual. <laughs> you guys are the initially when I was I was trying to come up with the like the new incarnation of GGR. I was like, I really like this concept of like a comic book council. You know, like the, mm. this, these people that I go to who are knowledgeable about these things. But it turns out that that the Comics Council, that's a mm. thing. Like yeah, well, that's like the Council of Wells on the Flash <laughs> or uh, the Council of Reeds or staying on Fantastic Four or something. It, li- it literally is. Um, it's already been taken. Somebody else came up with it. And I was like, well, I don't want to steal somebody else's stuff. Parallel so. development. <laughs> a thing. I just called it the diner is what I did. I was like, I'm going to call it the diner because, you know, nerds talk about nerdy shit at the diner. So, you know, there you go. Um but yeah, we are we are assembling the council because I I feel like in this setup that we have with the three of us, I kind of fill the role of every man, of, of the common man, in the sense that Doctor Doom. I know who he is. He's the dude with the iron mask. You know, he's he's the guy with the green hood. He's he's the nemesis of the Fantastic Four. But other than that, I really don't know much about him. <gasps> right? Yeah, I know. That, that, that shocked sound was for all the audience out there who's questioning Mike's <laughs> geek cred right now as he admits that he doesn't really know much about Dr. Doom. Um, but I also know that he's going to be, a, uh, I would think, I mean, it seems like the, the scuttlebutt is that this that Dr. Doom is going to be a big part of the MCU going forward here. I should hope so. <laughs> right? And that seems to be yeah. the consensus. If he's not going to be, why the fuck not? Because he's, he's a big deal. And that's why I have Ulysses Campbell. That's why I have James Rambo on 
this episode of Mike on the Mic because we're going to talk about Dr. Doom, the ruler of Latveria, on tonight's episode. So stay tuned because it's nothing but Dr. Doom for the rest of this episode. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is Mike on the Mic on GGR Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is my podcast, It's Mike on the Mic. We are on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. You can check us out in all of the wonderful podcasts and articles that we do. It is greatgeekrefuge.com. Give us a look. Give us a like on Facebook, on Twitter. All of those things. Follow us, love us, like us. Do what you got to do to get all of this wonderful content. Guys, we're talking Dr. Doom, because I would I would put some good money that he's going to be a, a pretty big part of what the MCU is going to be doing going forward here. Uh, and to back this up or tell me how stupid I truly am, I've got uh, two <laughs> wonderful guests on tonight's show. It is going to be uh, the executive producer and host and head guy in charge uh, of all things Fantastic Forum. His name is Ulysses E. Campbell. Thank you so much, Mike. Of course. And joining us via the magical, mystical means of Skype is... I would say, in his own right, a comic book expert, uh, but also a- an incredibly funny guy, an incredibly nice guy, an incredibly inviting, and really just holds the mantra of, of GGR. He's not a juice bag, and that's why he's on the show today. His name is James Rambo. Hello, folks. Thank you, Michael, for that lovely introduction. Of course, of course. I think you've earned the fact that you are not a juice bag, so. Uh, at very least. Yes. At the very, very least. <laughs> um, Rambo, we started this conversation on Facebook. We talked a, a little bit, very little, because I wanted to save the, the juicy, meaty parts of this conversation for our podcast. Um, I'll let you start, buddy. Why should anybody give a damn about Dr. Doom? Because from the layman's standpoint, the Fantastic Four, are, I wouldn't say passe, but they're not really well thought of right now when it comes to the the newer fans you know if you're if you've only experienced what you've seen in the movies what you've seen from the mcu what you've seen from video games the fantastic four seem kind of like they're old news and therefore a lot of their villains like dr doom are kind of in the same boat why should we care about dr doom um so Doctor Doom is a character that got his origin with the Fantastic. Uh, his origin is tied to the Fantastic Four, but he is a Marvel villain, uh, and I say that in so much as um, it's not. He's not a villain in the Marvel universe. He is a villain to the Marvel universe. Um, I was talking to uh, 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 Chris Scott the other day, and I I wanted because because he he is much uh, much more. Um, knowledgeable about wrestling and such than I am. And I wanted to confirm something and, and through conversation, he was able to, to confirm that my suspicion, which is Dr. Doom is the Ric Flair of the Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is super oh flashy. He talks enormous amounts of shit. Um, <laughs> like n- th- he only ever refers to himself in the third person. Um, <laughs> And the 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 one one of the things I was I was unsure about is because I, I I'm I'm not a huge wrestling fan but I love Ric Flair 
Um, but I didn't know if he could actually back it up. And Chris confirms, yes, in fact, he is a he is a solid, uh, um, uh, uh, formidable wrestler. Um, but yeah, Doctor Doom is a scientist, a, uh, a dictator, a um, a sorcerer. Um, he, I'm just incredibly skilled in hand-to-hand combat. He's all of these things, um, and an absolute bastard to 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 top it all off. Um, there is no he in that in that way that like Batman is sort of a universal adapter in terms of you can drop him into any story and it works. Um, Doctor Doom is that, but on the villainous angle, uh, and even that you can you can subvert um, because there's plenty of stories where he's played the hero. So. Okay, so he's like this this Swiss Army knife because the way you're describing him is, is is he's not a he's not like Magneto in the sense that he's powerful, but then also intelligent and you almost almost sympathetic in a way because if you follow Magneto's arc, you know he was in an he was in a concentration camp. His parents were murdered. He has seen the way humanity is treating mutant kind, and he's like, oh, this just is not going to fly. And, you know, humans hate us, so therefore we need our own everything and is basically at war with humanity. And you almost are like, well, yeah, I kind of get it. As you described him, Doom is a bastard. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, he is an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no getting around the fact that, that Victor Von Doom is a pompous, arrogant ass. Um the biggest uh, um, sort of difference between him and uh, and just people who, you know, talk a lot of smack is Doom can back up pretty much everything he has to say. Um, yeah, Magneto is is a, a very sympathetic villain um, in that he ultimately, if, if him and his people were well taken care of, there'd be no more Magneto. Um, Doom exists exists because victor von doom he's it's it's through his experience but it's it's his personality um he's done like truly terrible things um because he thinks that he is right uh or, excuse me he knows that he is right uh he knows that he is the one to make the, pr- the proper decision whatever that may be um and and there's no other way around that uh there's nothing he he knows he's the hero of the story uh, there's no there's no second guessing. There's no thinking about it. Um, you know, and usually when he ends up being the hero, it's because he steps forward. He's like, well, no one else will be able to do this. So I guess I'll have to save everyone again. Um, yeah, there's there's never there's no, there's no please and thank you with Victor Von Doom. Um, yeah, he's just he's he's on that level of lovable. It like you you you. By all accounts, he should be universally reviled. Uh, but there's something about that character uh, that is so charming and engaging. Um, because yeah, he's he's a monster of a human being, uh, but he's just so damn funny and engaging, <laughs> and and um, and like ultimately, he's he does care about people. Like he he rules Averia, but overall, his people favor him. Like there's no poverty, there's no crime, there's no disease in Latveria. Everybody's gotten their, got their inoculations uh, in, <laughs> in Latveria, and the trains all run on time. Um, <laughs> and the trash gets picked up. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So he he really is Ric Flair because and and in to use a wrestling 
analogy here. You know that a wrestler is a good wrestler, like just overall, like technically speaking, but also like as far as like their character work when they're a bad guy and people still love them. Uh, and and that's yeah. that's what this sounds like because Ric Flair has been a good guy, but he works better as a villain because when he's a villain, he's pompous, he's arrogant. He talks about like, I'm Ric Flair and I'm going to fuck your girlfriend. And you're just like... <laughs> All right. And then you almost applaud him for it. You're just like, all right. He's talking about million dollar jets and like going to casinos and just wearing like fancy clothes and stuff like that. And you're just like, yeah, all right. And you just get you get into it. And that's the vibe I'm getting from Doom is is everybody seems to just dig it like it's. But in the sense, like the reader. in within the universe, he's he's a piece of shit. Everybody hates him. Everybody fears him like he's. He's formidable. And, and kind of what I wanted to get back to with this, and, and, and Yuli, I'll give you a chance to talk about this too. Um, Rambo, you were saying that like he's he's an excellent hand-to-hand combatist. He's a magician, he, or a sorcerer, I'm sorry. Um, he's like a, a genius, like he's, uh, as far as technology is concerned. So like with Magneto, you get past his magnetism and you could probably fuck Magneto up, right? Like he's an old man. Yeah, like, sure. yeah. Um, Mag- Magnet- Magneto's I mean, got a bunch of stuff. That he- he's got some stuff now. Yeah, but you, you, know? can, you can whoop his ass, right? Like, <laughs> and if it wasn't for your magnet power, old man, I, I would take you down. Uh, like, Mag- Magneto is a genius, too. I okay. mean, he's built robots and, you know, launched a satellite into orbit and all the pre- I mean, come he on. May very Who well hasn't used... done that? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, he may very well have used uh, his magnetic powers to do some of that. Yeah. But, uh, no, he, he is uh, on par with Xavier in terms of his uh, his scientific skill and knowledge. Um, no, I, I, I don't think that Doom has the same sort of, uh, although I tell you what, there are some sympathetic elements to, uh, to Dr. Doom as well. But I want to pivot back to what you led with, uh, Mike, because you said that you you didn't know very much about him and, you know, you sort of questioned your geek credentials. And please don't, because the Fantastic Four have been uh, a, a non-factor in the Marvel uh, comic book universe for some time. In fact, the entire book, once touted as the world's greatest comics magazine, was not even being published for a number of years. Really? Up yeah. until just recently. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so that coupled with the fact that the characterizations of Dr. Doom that were evident in the various movies that have come out, uh, not necessarily being accurate, comic book accurate, there's no reason why you should have had any reason to know him. Now, one thing that I want to add to some of the stuff that uh, Rambo had said about him, and this is one of the elements that I think makes him, if you can use the word endearing, this is one of those uh, elements to him that makes him so. Um, And I don't know how many listeners are fans of Dungeons and Dragons, but I I frequently fall back on the character alignments in D&D. Dr. Doom would be lawful evil. And that's important because he's lawful. He, He will not break his word. If he tells you he is going to do something, you can count on it. Now, you just hope it's not, I am going to kill you, because that's very bad. But, you know, whatever he says, he he absolutely intends to do, and he's going to follow up on. So he's evil, but you can trust him, (laughs) you know, which is, that that, that's kind of important. Now, the other thing is, uh, in terms of 
his scientific genius. And, you know, of course, in the intervening years, because there was a lot of stuff with uh, Doom interacting with the Future Foundation. Uh, he has a particular relationship with Reed Richards' daughter, Valeria. Uh, in fact, I believe she continues to refer to him as Uncle Doom. It's Uncle know? Doom, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or occasionally Uncle, Uncle Victor, yeah. It, yeah. Var- it varies between the two, but yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, um, so definitely some endearment there, but... Um, you know, and, and uh, Reed and Doom's histories are sort of tied up. In fact, in, in a lot of ways, uh, Reed Richards created Dr. Doom, you know, uh, sort of trying to help him out, uh, you know, because they just couldn't be friends. But I, I, I mentioned Valeria Richards because at one point, Reed Richards was the most intelligent person in the Marvel Universe. I mean, as it turns out, Valyria is smarter than him now, but hey, we're going to set that aside for a moment. And Doom would have been like the second smartest, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, you know, and, and, you know, now they've got Amadeus Cho and, you know, all these other people. But, uh, you know, Reed Richards and Dr. Doom are still, uh, by virtue of their, their sheer scientific genius, uh, you know, uh, lead characters and the fact that because uh, make no mistake, don't minimize what Rambo had said in terms of the whole sorcerer thing, because and that was sort of they kind of retconned that. Yeah. But man, you know, I mean, the stuff that he because he actually was trying to rescue his mother's soul, you know, which is why he studied mysticism and all that. So, you know, I mean, he's really the complete picture. And uh, I remember. Uh, I mean, I'm going to quit droning on, give somebody else an opportunity to to talk. But I wanted to mention Iron Man 150, where, um, you know, because you would think, oh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, Doctor Doom, they both wear armor, they're both brilliant. But they had to wait, because Tony Stark, the Tony Stark that people see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe wasn't exactly the Tony Stark that was in the comic book universe. Uh, Tony, t- comic book Tony Stark is more of an engineer, where they have made uh, cinematic universe Tony more of an all-around scientist. So, um, frankly, Doctor Doom was so far out of Iron Man's league that they couldn't really have him in the book. But in Iron Man 150 and 151, uh, they, they met... They went back in time to Camelot days. Doom teamed up with Morgan Le Fay, trying to take down Camelot. Very entertaining classic issues now, and uh, well worth the read. But, uh, you know, Dr. Doom's full range was on display there in terms of him being the monarch of Latveria, uh, you know, being a sorcerer, being a genius. And uh, I was really impressed that Iron Man was able to hang with him because anybody who can take on the entire Fantastic Four uh, is absolutely no slouch and brings something. So I, I wanted to talk to you guys about that too because you mentioned something that seems kind of strange. So you have Doctor Doom, right? He's a v- super villain in a sense. I mean, like if I remember the story correctly, he essentially was going to the same college that Reed Richards was going to. He was trying to create some sort of machine that could contact the dead so that he could talk to his mother. Mm-hmm. And Reed was like, hey, dude, your math is way off on this. And Doom's like, well, I'm Doom. It can't be wrong. Ma. Like, that's just how I picture it because I didn't actually hear it or read it. But Not terribly like, inaccurate, yeah. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I can't be wrong. I'm Doom. And so he does his thing and it 
blows up in his face. Literally. Literally. <laughs> and he's scarred. So he goes back to Latveria, but he's like kicked out of school because he blew up the science lab or whatever. He goes back to Latveria where he's from, but he's a ruler there too. So the, the kingdom is still like a monarchy. So, all right. So, okay. All right. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to figure out how let, like this let's is like start, a ruler. Okay. I'm going to start from the very beginning. Okay. Uh, we'll give you a fair, a try, I'll try and be quick. Okay. Um, so. Victor von Doom is a uh, Roma, uh, one of um, the the Roma. Uh, he he lives in Latveria with his father, who's a doctor, and his mom, uh, who essentially is just you know, mom is there to take care of her. Uh, we find out that mom is actually an occultist and a witch. Um, and uh, in in uh, Latveria is over is run by a guy named the Baron, and the Baron is just an asshole. He is. All the things uh, that any kind of despot can be. Um, so mom, in an effort to protect her people, uh, you know, contacts Mephisto and says, hey, I will give you my soul if you will protect my people. And Mephisto's like, okay, cool. You're dead now. You work for me. Um, so mom's gone, right? Um, Baron's wife gets sick, gets uh, uh, contracts cancer, um, reaches out to uh, Warner Von Doom, uh, Victor's dad, says, hey, come take care of my, my wife. Uh, goes, takes care of his wife for a while, realizes she's going to die. He takes off with Victor. Um, during the escape, uh, um, Werner dies uh, from exposure out in the mountains. Uh, Victor survives, goes back to camp. Among the various things he finds, uh, he finds this chest of his mother's with all of this like occult paraphernalia, um, uh, amulets and, and books and things. He starts studying uh, si uh, studying uh, uh, both magic and science. Um, over time, he starts building these various devices that he can use to keep the Baron's men at bay uh, to protect his people. Uh, the Dean of Empire State University gets gets wind of this uh, somehow because comic books. Uh, it gets back to him that he's like, "Hey, <laughs> uh, send an envoy. I want to see. I want. I want to talk to this kid. He sounds like he's really smart." So somebody from Empire State goes there, says, "Hey, we want to offer you a scholarship to come study in the states." Victor's like, "Well, why not? Of course you do. I'm Victor Von Doom." Um, so like over time, he's he's he's. Clearly, the smartest person in his tr in, in his tribe. He's clearly the smartest person in his country, and now the big bad United States wants him to come and study at their school. So, and he, and he's a guy who's mastering not just like an earthly discipline, but a supernatural discipline at the same time. So he's he's feeling real big for his britches. Um, gets to ESU. Uh, he's supposed to be roommates with Reed Richards. That's how they meet. Um, and he cannot stand Reed immediately. <laughs> he just <laughs> hates him off Jump Street. Uh, and he's like, no, I will not be roommates with him. Find me another one. So he gets a room with somebody else. Uh, but, you know, they're still starting school at the same time. So um, they're not friends, but like, you know, colleagues. And they, they interact on occasion. Uh, Victor builds his device to communicate with the dead, specifically with his mom. Um, He's bragging about it. Reed sees that his math is off. He's like, hey, you might want to check, you know, you might want to carry this one here. Uh, they're just like, ah, piss off, Richards. And so he uses it. It explodes, um, uh, scars him, um, damages the building. They're like, all right, crazy European kid, get the hell out of here. He gets expelled. Um, he just starts traveling the earth and trying to like trying to learn as many things as he possibly can. He he passes out on a Tibetan mountain uh, where he is found by monks. 
and these monks take him in and take care of him. Uh, he very quick. Keep in mind, this was written in the sixties. Uh, <laughs> I just like, like, how many people pass out on a mountain in comic books and are found by Tibetan monks? Is this just a thing that happens so all the time? So <laughs> I want to pass out and be trained by Tibetan monks. Like, yeah, head on awesome. over to Nanda Parbat, and they'll just they'll just take you in no matter what. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so he he's taken in by them. He quickly masters the, both their discipline and them as a people. Um, while he's there, he builds himself a suit of armor because why wouldn't he? Um, including an iron mask. Now, my favorite part about this story is you're gonna you're gonna talk about that John Byrne spin on the thing, aren't you? The scar. Oh yeah, I love yeah. That. There I love you go. So bring it, bring it, Rambo. So <laughs> the, well, in the old story, it's like he really got his face fucked up. He was a super arrogant dude and and really vain. And he re, you know, and, and he was just horribly scarred. Um, yeah, but Burn, when I, I forgot that he, he was one who, yeah, okay, I forgot that he was the one who retconned that. Um, yeah, it was a minor scar, it was you know, like a little a scar. scar on his lip or something. Yeah, I mean, it was, I'm ruined, I'm hideous and terrible. Um, and so, yeah, okay, 100%. So he he he's built this armor. His he's built this this mask. He'll wear wear forevermore. And even the monks are like, "Hey, man, that's, that's still pretty hot. You might not want to put that on yet." And he's like, "Bah, doomless like to no one." Hot. It's just come out of the smelter or whatever. <laughs> and he puts it on and horribly burns <laughs> his face. So he's like so a <laughs> fucking chump. He's so, he's so ashamed of his of his tiny scar. I must put this mask on immediately. And they're like, no, no, Doom, it's still hot. Before No one can look on my horrid visage. I will, <laughs> I will not be seen by man or beast ever again. And they're like, dude, give it five minutes. Uh, <laughs> He's like, nah, burn. Uh, <laughs> it's such so, yeah. a beautiful tweak because in the original Stan Lee, Jack Kirby version, that that's what happens. They're like, but master, it is still hot, you know? But you don't get the added advantage of seeing what his face looks like after the ESU accident. Yep. I mean, it's just one of those, oh, from behind uh, his head and he's smashing the mirror. I'm ugly, my face is ruined, ah, you know? So it adds a whole new depth to his character too because where yes. you can almost feel sorry for him because he's been deformed. Mm. Now it turns out that he's just an arrogant narcissistic prick yeah 100 so so he he, he's you know put he implants himself in this armor um he then goes back to latveria incites a revolution overthrows the baron and installs himself as the new leader what the (laughs) (laughs) i feel like okay so victor von doom sounds like we all knew a guy like this that was like <laughs> he was he was he was handsome. He was rich. He was you were just like, wow, this this guy, man, got this, it all. This dude's got it all. But he was a dick. And you were just like, man, I really hope something bad happens to him. <laughs> and then something bad happens to him. And you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have wished for that. <laughs> but he kind of deserved it. But then that bad thing happens. And then he ends up turning it into even bigger things for himself. He's fucking Donald Trump. This is who this is. Victor Von Doom is Donald Trump. Yeah, except smart. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, that's the thing. Everything that if if he's Trump, if Trump was actually as rich as he thinks he is, is half as smart as he thinks he is. Like if 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 all of the words that Donald Trump thinks he knows he said aloud were true, then yeah, he might be Donald Trump. 
Um, but but there, that's the thing. Doom has no real disdain for anyone, certainly not based on race or creed or religion. Yeah. Um, everyone is inferior in Doom's eyes. Oh, okay. Um, All right. He's, yeah. equal, he's an equal opportunity douchebag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he, there's a sort of there's a little bit of a sprinkle of, of Don Rickles in there. Um, mm. Where, but yeah, he he's he's he, he's not a racist or a sexist. Although he's done certainly done racist and sexist things. Um, he's just an asshole. <laughs> um, he's yeah. It really comes down. He's just a jerk. Uh, but yeah. So. so the story that uh, Yulu was mentioning earlier is called Triumph and Torment. Um, and you, you know, we learned that uh, every Midsummer's Eve for years and years and years, Doom has taken a trip to hell in an effort to free his mother. <laughs> um, and who hasn't, right? I mean, you know, like you do. Uh, and he's, he's failed. He's failed multiple times. And there is... Um, magical MacGuffin called the trial of the Shanti, which if you win the, uh, if you, if you complete this task, the, the sorcerer Supreme has to grant you a single boon. You get one favor. They have to do it. And so he does it and he wins and strange is like, Oh fuck. What do you want? And he's like, you come to hell with me. <laughs> and you're going <laughs> to my mom. And he's like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so they go to hell. And, uh, and Mephisto's like, what do you want again? And he's like, yeah, I brought my boy with me. Um, bring my mom. Where's my mom? And he's like, all right, fine. And he brings his mom over. He's like, all right, here's the deal. Uh, you're going to give my mom back her body. And she's going to be alive again. And Mephisto's like, uh-huh. And he's like, and in exchange, you get Dr. Stephen Strange. Um, and Strange is like, what? Fucking what? It's like, it's, it's like that. It's like um, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. When, yes. when they're, they're, yep. battling the de- they're battling Dave Grohl as the devil. And, <laughs> yep. and fucking Jack Black is like, take hey, Kyle with you, you can take Kyle. And Kyle's like, what? Huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it comes as a total shock to, to Stephen. Um, and Vista's like, all right, cool, let's do it. Uh, so, so Mephisto conjures a body for her and he takes her soul and he puts it into the body and she sees what's going on. She's like, you're a monster. You knew what I was experiencing and you would sell someone else out to Mephisto. You would put someone in my place. No, you are no son of mine. Uh, I will not go anywhere with you. Absolutely not. And he's like, but I I came to hell for you. And she's like, yes, you came to hell. You're a terrible person. (laughs) And so Strange gets free and him and Doom team up and fight Mephisto. And in doing so, they manage to figure out a way to get uh, uh, his mom's soul to heaven. Uh, But she, she ascends to, you know, to the Pearly Gates, hating her son. Um, and you know, they get back to earth and strange realizes that this might've been the plan all along. Uh, it was not about bringing her back to earth, but getting her from hell to heaven. And he just looks at him. He's like, why didn't you just ask me? <laughs> why didn't you just tell me what you wanted to do and ask my fa- ask, you know, ask uh, uh, for my help. And Doom doesn't even look at him. He is already walking away, and he says, I will bear any ordeal, Strange, but Dr. Doom does not beg. Damn. 
And that's the character in a single line. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah. I will not lower myself for any reason. Yeah. But plans inside of plans yeah. inside of plans. I mean, this guy is, he is, you know, you look up devious and there's a picture of Dr. Doom oh, yeah. <laughs> by devious. You know, I just like, I'm okay. I, I knew enough about him, but I didn't know enough about his character. Like I knew the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew that he was a, he was a douchebag. Like I knew that. And I knew that he was, a, <laughs> he was a ruler. And it's one of those things where like, when you think of it in context, right? Like it's hard to really like picture a superhero also as a politician. Cause essentially that's what he is. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking, I was like, well, essentially that's the black Panther. Yeah. Like, well, beyond a politician, I mean, you know, because of the, uh, the status as a monarch, yeah. he actually has diplomatic immunity. Mm-hmm. You know, they cannot arrest oh, him like for the, anything. Like the bad guy from lethal weapon too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty serious. <laughs> Fantastic Four me. can never arrest him. You know, it's like he's like, oh, you know, you I'm... failed again, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and watch me as I enjoy my NYPD escort to Kennedy <laughs> Airport. <you know? laughs> Wait, I mean, like, I did about this, like, guys, like. I, I was I was like, huh, Doom will be interesting. And then you guys are telling me all this shit. I'm like, Doom's gonna be fucking dope. Like I can't Dude, yeah. like that's a, and that's the thing, is it's a perfect character to start on a small scale yeah. as an individual villain and just build and build and build. Cause like the thing we, we only really got with uh Thanos was was at the end where we actually sort of start to like get some of his background and, and see him as a credible threat. Um because he's just this sort of phantom, you know, boogeyman throughout the MCU since Avengers. Yeah. Um, but with Doom, you can get to see this character built from the ground up. Um, and you can, like, Doctor Doom has fought Celestials, not one, multiple, multiple times. Um, the, 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 uh, the last time it happened, he fought, uh, like four or five of them for a total of about 28 minutes. Um, like he lost, but he still stood his ground. Yeah. For like 28 um, minutes. I mean, you know, most people can long time. celestials for 28 seconds. That, <laughs> that is longer than a single episode of a half hour sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a character that has been, I am sure that it was a hundred percent a matter of, Somebody was reading Fantastic Four who I, 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 you know, pick a writer and was like, oh, you, you can't just leave him with the FF. Like, I need to be able to use that guy. Um, and it just built from there because he's such an absurd character. He, he, he should not be able to be as powerful as he is. He shouldn't be able to be uh, as powerful and then still be as engaging and interesting as he is. Um but it's just, and like, you know, there, there's a huge cop out with this character where, you know, when they, you know, anytime he's finally managed to be like cornered and like caught, it's not Doom. It's a Doom bot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he's, he's safely away in Latveria or on some other astral plane or some shit doing, you know, fighting aliens or whatever. Um, Doom bot. <laughs> it's a, yeah, Doom bot. Like, yeah, yeah, he's got these robot duplicates. I mean, it's like Superman used to have in the old uh, comic books. It's you just know? like you yeah. write this engaging story. Like, you, you, you finally have a hero, like, defeat Doom, and it's like, nope, Doombot. Nope. Like, Not it's... even me. Hey, but I tell you what, he is such a brilliant scientist, 
even the robot doesn't know it's actually not Doctor yep. Doom. The robots believe they're Doctor Doom. All of the oh. Doombots believe themselves to be the true Doctor Doom. Yes, yes. And in fact, he's had problems with that before, too. They, they've been like, no, I'm Doctor Doom. No, I'm Doctor It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each yep. other. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. My, my one true flaw is I am too good at my job. I did too too well in installing the software for this. Mm-hmm. It truly yeah. believes it is me and as powerful as I am. But, you know, that that's something else, though, because uh, and Rambo touched on this in terms of uh, Doom being a Marvel villain. You know, he is he has literally interacted with like every character in the Marvel Universe and some pretty substantial interactions, particularly the characters like the Black Panther, uh, you know, and not simply because the two of them are monarchs, Uh, Thor, Iron Man. Luke Cage, even he oh, hired Luke Cage such at one a point. Wonderful Luke Cage story. <laughs> oh, stiff Luke Cage on two hundred dollars. Luke Cage went to Latveria to get his money. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> yeah, basically. Where's my money, honey? <laughs> I knew when I heard that there was an angry black man at my door, it was you. <laughs> Did he actually say that? Yes, yes he did. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Which is immediately followed by, where's my money, honey? Buddy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so 70s. Tell me that was like Marvel in the 70s. Oh, right? yes. Okay. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. That, that right. was uh, original that's, hero for hire. <laughs> that is wonderful. That is outstanding. Yeah. You know, but, but he's so, and, and visually also, I mean, yeah. because this guy harkens back to the classic appearance of the movie comic book villain. He's wearing this armor and he's horrible in the hood and the cape and all of that. I mean, it's just, ooh, Dr. Doom. Good gracious. I'm trying to remember, what's the guy's name that played Doom in the movie, but he was also Dr. Christian Troy? Julian McMahon. Julian McMahon. Doctor Doom. I'm looking him up right now because if I remember correctly, he looked the part. In the I mean, it's not a bad design. I, I still think that my, my my favorite design of all of them uh, to date is still the Corman Fantastic Four Doctor Doom, which also the guy who plays him does a wonderful job. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's hard not to because he's so over the top. Oh, and yeah. you could, as a performer, you could have a lot of fun playing that role. I mean, some of the vocal performers also who've done it. I mean, notably, you look at that uh, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon uh, from like the... Um, I'm looking at the Doctor Doom from the Corman movie right now. Mm, yes. Like, yeah. Okay, that's that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, he it's looks just a straight translation. Like a, yeah, exactly. Mm. They didn't try to interpret it anything. Because I, I, I heard that they did, and because I'm, I'm looking at it right now, that there was uh, the Doctor Doom for the most recent movie that they did looks very, very bad. It's is, is what... really weird. And it, it, yeah, it's not quite any one thing. And it's this like that movie starts off strong. The second they get their powers, it is all downhill. Is it really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I just I, it's I think that you do Doctor Doom and you do them right. And it, it could be. I think now that it's in the MCU hands, we we have hope that it can be done right. Oh, 100%. You know, I hope so. Doctor Doom isn't the problem. The Fantastic Four is the problem. You know, because those characters are... And and 
what we have seen are uh, contemporary interpretations of those characters. I, I, I personally would love to see the Fantastic Four interpreted uh, in, in, as they were originally. I mean, and they've been lost in the negative zone or something for like 30 years, you know, but they would have been contemporaries of, in the MCU, Hank Pym. Uh, you I know, see in terms of oh, yeah. each of those characters. I mean, because, um, you know, both Reed Richards and Ben Grimm were World War II era guys, you know. Uh, Johnny Storm. Johnny was more, he was a um, a James Dean uh, hot rodder type, you know, I mean, and and Sue was invisible. But, uh, you know, the the and it was all about American exceptionalism. Yeah. You know, beating beating the Reds into space and, and this kind of thing. So uh, and none of that translates particularly well into a contemporary characterization. No, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Rambo and I had discussed this um, before where you could do a really dark twist on that on that American exceptionalism concept that the Fantastic Four has. And then Rambo reminded me that like, yeah, hey, um, there's an alternate reality already where there's the Nazi versions of the Fantastic Four. Because, I mean, the whole Make America Great Again thing, mm. like you have that be your Fantastic Four. I mean, like that could that could get real dark. And then it's almost like Doctor Doom is more or less like the hero in all of this. Um, as, a, as a general rule, um, particularly as a retailer, I try to avoid the idea that and I, I, I definitely downplay and, and outright dismiss the idea that if you want to read comics, you need to start at this point and go forward. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. There is a single exception. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, it, it's, it's a single exception. There's a single exception that I've found. Okay. And it is uh, Jonathan Hickman's run on the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. into the Avengers and then into Secret Wars. Mm. Um. He wrote a story that is something like six years long. If you have any interest in reading a phenomenal overall, like like massive Marvel undertaking story, start with Fantastic Four Dark Reign and go from there. It leads into the Fantastic Four. It leads into uh, FF, which is the Future Foundation, which then leads into his Avengers and New Avengers runs, uh, and then ultimately culminates with Secret Wars. It is wonderful. And so much of what I love about this character and the characters around him are all in that story. Uh, and like specifically the... the uh, excuse me. The Nazi Fantastic Four are—they come from that run. Like there's a there's a one-off issue where it's because because it, the the Council of Reeds is from Jonathan Hickman's run, and there when one of them that you you know you see because like th- that's the thing like the 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 impetus for the majority of that story is Reed Richards has a like a secret room where it's just it's it's one like. Uh, um, you know, uh, a big like white white room that is all uh, touchscreens, and he just writes down like formulas and theorems and 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 things all the time. And he eventually comes to the realization that there's one problem he has, which is how do I fix everything? And the second he does that, a portal opens, and like six versions of himself step out, and they're like, "Okay, you're ready. Let's go." 
and they're like, okay, yeah, they're all working on it. This is the deal. Like we, we, we've been working on this for a long, long time. And basically we, we have to wait until we are ready and get to this point before we contact ourselves. The whole um, concept of I couldn't have fucked anything up so badly because my own self hasn't come back in time. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so so like half of the half of the reeds all have an infinity gauntlet that's full, um, and one of them has this great long beard, and he, he, he keeps very quiet and and, and he doesn't say a whole lot. Um, and you get this one issue during that run where you get you know it's it's you know it's 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 a, a you know what if Germany won World War Two story, and in the in the 60s there's a group of scientists that go off into you know uh, 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 go off into space and they get crazy powers and blah 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 um it just so happens that they're nazis um and this reed is that reed um this one guy is one of them he's he's on the council of reeds um and yeah it's they become like keystone villains for that run because the end of the issue is uh, 616 Reed being like, um, where are all your families? Where's Sue? Where's Ben? Where's Johnny? And each of them are like, oh, well, you know, Sue left me years ago and um, I haven't spoken to Ben for all this time or Ben's dead or, you know, Johnny died doing this or that or that or the other thing. Or ultimately, well, you have to give them up. You don't get to have them anymore. If you want to fix everything, if you want to solve the problem of the universe, you stop being Mr. Fantastic. You don't get to have a family. You don't get to have people you love. And he's like, what? No, no. The hell with that. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'll figure it out. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We all think that we've all tried that it doesn't work and he's like right well i'm gonna be the one to do it and they're like all right well we'll see you in a couple of years because <laughs> it's like it, it doesn't work that way one you know, of us right. one of us <laughs> and one of the one of the creepiest things in that issue that initial issue with with them is uh they take him down to this one room in like it's it, it's i want to say it's in doom's castle but it's it's in a castle um and it's this huge room, and all it is is different versions of Doctor Doom standing in neat little rows, and they all have this headset on that uh, completely controls their brains. And they refer to them as Doombots. Um, and he's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, look, we've all tried it. We've tried talking to him we've tried reasoning with him we've tried fighting him outright we have done everything we can short of killing him victor doesn't stop there is no controlling him beyond this we cannot turn him to our way of thinking this is the only solution any one of us have come up with and it's just this permanent imprisonment of them just standing there and one of them finds out <laughs> And everything comes crashing down. <laughs> like, it's, it's a, it is a phenomenal story. It is beautifully drawn by multiple people. Um, and it, it is an epic. Um, but yeah, anybody who's like, oh, what should I read of Marvel in the last couple of years? And like, I think I'll start this Avengers story. You absolutely can start there. So much of this story is worth, worth reading. All of the story is worth reading. And so much of it starts years beforehand. 
So for those of us who would want to start with this, we are starting with which issue? Like it's where gotta be in a trade, isn't it? It is. Um, there are, are like two omnibuy, I think, of everything, but mm. it actually starts in um, uh, during Dark Reign, uh, during the the time when Norman Osborn was leading the the Shield equivalent called oh, Hammer, Hammer. Yeah. Uh, following uh, following Secret Invasion, um, and that's where Reed builds uh, this machine. Uh, that lets him, it's, it, it's, it's just a, an open, like you can dial in uh, um, parallel universes. It's just, it, it's a, a gate for him to, to like be able to, to use. Uh, and the story, and, and, it, and it's kind of a wacky story because over the, of the course of four issues, um, or six, I think it's four, um, Valeria and Franklin are left by themselves in the Baxter building because... Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Ben are all bouncing around different parallel universes because the machine's gone haywire. Um, and while that's happening, uh, Norman Osborn is coming to foreclose on the Baxter building. Um, so it's just Valeria and Franklin standing toe to toe against Venom and Norman Osborn. And it like, if you, if you look at my Facebook, my current profile picture is a panel from that. And it's, Franklin Richards in a cowboy out, a cow outfit with a Spider-Man mask on saying, nice hair, loser. Uh, <laughs> and he's talking to Norman Osborn. And it's one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever seen. Um, Hang on, I'm pulling it up right here. <laughs> I've, I've seen it before, but I didn't know what it was. I thought it was, I thought it was, um, yeah, I, I definitely thought he was making fun of Norman Osborn, but I wasn't 100% sure. So, yeah. Yeah, nice hair loser. Well, nice and hair on, loser. yeah, and and on top of everything, uh, Norman Osborn and Venom versus the Richards children. Oh, I pity Norman Osborn <laughs> and Venom. <laughs> so, so now here's the deal with that. This is at a time when Franklin forgot he had his powers. He had ended up doing like so much weird damage that part of the way to sort of get around that was he made himself forget he had his powers. So as far as he's concerned, he's just a little kid. So it's just super genius Valeria Richards and her older brother, who's just kind of a jerk. Oh, like, that's, <laughs> that's it. That sounds like it's worse for uh, <laughs> <than> Norman Osborn. <laughs> and another and, and a, uh, that 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 miniseries sets up two really big really big things. One, it's the creation of this machine, which I, I never can remember. I want to say it's called the gate, but it's probably, it might be like the mirror or something along those lines. Um, at the end of the story, Sue is like, all right, that thing is super dangerous. Dis you, you, have to, you have to disassemble it. And Reed's like, I have to disassemble it. And Sue says, yes, promise me you'll do that. He says, I promise. And he disassembles it, and he reassembles it. Uh, and he just keeps it locked away in this one room. He's like, this is too, it's too important. This is going to be a big deal. This is going to be something I can use. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get rid of it. The other thing is once all four of the Fantastic Four come back and they face off with Norman, there's this, there's what, what looks to be like you're, you're going to get this big, crazy fight with all of them. And Franklin points his cap gun at Norman and he goes, bang. And a bullet rips through short, through his shoulder. And everybody stops. It's like, mm. oh, shit. Uh, 
<laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> and Norman kind of grabs his shoulder and is like, all right, we'll finish this later. <laughs> and he leaves. And even Reed and Sue are like, oh, no. <laughs> I I guess he's getting his, his powers back. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> good Lord. That's... <laughs> but yeah, it is wonderful. Um, yeah, man. It, Hickman, Hickman's run on Fantastic Four is, is phenomenal. But honestly, like, there's, there's so many moments... Like I, I don't know how much longer do you want to you want to do this because I I can keep talking. <laughs> I know you I know you can. I, I think what what I want to do is, is is we've got a pretty good grasp on who Doctor Doom is. Like he is formidable. And really, what I wanted to talk about here is I, I just want to do a few more minutes here because um, we'll we'll keep this to an hour. Um, of all these things, he's 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 a genius, genius level intellect. He, he's an amazing inventor. He's Technologically speaking, like he can create robots that are so technologically advanced, they think that they are the person that they were designed to look like. He's got magical powers. He's he beat up a bunch of Tibetan monks. Like he's he's a freaking kung fu master. Like he's he's everything. How do you beat this guy? You don't. <laughs> what's, what's his weakness? No, and, his vanity. Yeah, his vanity. And that seems to be the only thing that really is his weakness is like the psychology of the whole thing is that you can. Yeah, you can play up against his vanity. Mm -hmm. Well, that I think and the fact that Reed is smarter than he is. Yeah. You know, I mean, and the guy is he's crazy, wicked smart, <laughs> you know, and vicious. But, you know, Reed Reed historically has been a step ahead of him. You know, and prepared to do whatever it takes, because I think Reed has some guilt when it comes to Doom also. You know, I, I think that he feels that he should have been able to get through to him somehow when they were college students and, you know, bears some responsibility for the way that Doom has developed. Yeah. So one of one of the things that I'm reading right here is apparently uh, the character Layla Miller once reflected that Dr. Doom is incapable of accepting that he himself might be the reason for his failures. And yeah. that that's not arrogance and vanity. I don't know what it is. I'm and not. yeah, mm -hmm. like, and that's, I mean, think about it. Like we're, you guys can't hear it right now. Well, actually I'll put it into the podcast. Um, right now we have the soundtrack from Star Trek two playing <laughs> in the background <laughs> and it, it reminds me of Khan mm. superior intellect super in, uh, and super intelligent he was um super strong but uh what did spock say he's like he he's consistent but inexperienced his pattern shows two-dimensional thinking um his arrogance is what kirk baited him into that fight at the end he literally was like he was like you've come this far you're not gonna follow me into nebula <laughs> bitch. i'm laughing at yeah. the superior intellect <laughs> he, he was like he was like what what, what are you what are you some kind of bitch come on like let's full impulse power exactly <laughs> that it's it, rest in peace ricardo montalban but i could see ricardo montalban in this goddamn armor like i feel like not because he, played it. he, he like just imagine it. that voice like oh god oh. that'd be amazing yeah Reed Richards, I will follow you to Antares Flames. And, yeah, I could just see it. Like, you know, by hell's heart, I stab at thee. Like, he could fucking be Doom. Like, we might need to make this happen. Like, retcon like just use Ricardo Montalban's voice just for... for <laughs> this, the, has gotten, the, this has gone off the, the rails. Casting, <laughs> the casting, me and Chris can both agree on yeah. uh, for years now has been... Doesn't really matter who plays him 
before he becomes Doctor Doom, Jeremy Irons does his voice mm. while he's in the, mm. the costume. Jeremy Irons would be really great. Oh God, he's done it once before, and it was when he played the voice of Scar in Lion King. Yeah, like that sarcastic dick that wants the throne. Yeah, that totally mm-hmm. works. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or like his sarcastic tone, tone that he had as Alfred in um, Justice League and in mm. uh, Batman. Yeah, Batman. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, if if I had like, there are two really two people that I would really love to see play the role. One of them is already in the MCU, which you know pretty much takes them out of the ring. Uh, which would be funny enough, another actor playing Scar, uh, she would tell Ejiofor would have been amazing mm. as Doctor Doom. Um, but the other one is Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, um, Alexander Skarsgård yeah. is like enough of an imposing figure. He's a good look, good, good looking enough man, um, and he, but he's also he's got he's the also chops. Creepy, he's creepy enough too. Because if you watched, yeah. if you watched, um, uh, why can't I remember the name of the damn show? Me and Phil were, were talking, we talked about it on the, uh, True uh, Blood? no, um, it was just on, um, there was a show. It was just on Hulu. Shit. Um, I had, I had Phil on Mike on the mic to talk about this. Um, it's, it's the Stephen King thing. Um, Castle Rock. Oh, uh, you're, you're, you're thinking of Bill's cars. Oh, 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 yeah, I am, I am, I am. Okay, so I gotta yeah. look at Alexander Skarsgård right now. Hang on. Yeah. You ever seen was... any, uh, um... Yeah, he was in Blood. Oh, oh also, that guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because the other thing that he did fairly recently was he was at Tarzan. Yeah, like I'm looking at Actually, it. that movie was pretty good. Mm, yeah. Like, does... shockingly good. I was, I was surprised. <laughs> you know, okay, so, like, this might be a little dated because he's probably aged himself out of the role, but Casper Van Dien, the reason I bring this up is Casper Van Dien has this quality about him that just makes him look like a smug dick. Like it's, it doesn't matter whether he plays a villain or whether he plays um, a, a hero. He just looks smug all the time. And that's what I envision. Like, look at him right here is Johnny Rico. Like, don't you just want to punch him in his face? Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like now, a yeah, You look at like, the young guy. I mean, he definitely could be young Victor Von Doom. Now, his voice, he didn't have the tonal quality. I, you'd have to have somebody dub no. the voice. Okay, so but outside of that. Let's look at Alexander mm-hmm. Skarsgård again. Because uh, I, I, I will even throw in Bill Skarsgård. I think that he could do it just because he's creepy enough. And like he has, there's a certain look about him that almost looks foreign. I know that sounds weird, but like he looks like no, he's not an American. Mean, yeah. There, well, there, there's, there's, he has that like, like the the proportions of his face are a little off, like yeah. just enough that it seems kind of odd. Yeah. But for like whoever plays Doctor Doom needs to have presence. Yeah. You need to be someone who like they walk into a room, you notice, yeah. um, and that's. Alexander Skarsgård is like six foot four. Uh, he, he's <laughs> yeah. this giant, blonde, beautiful man, um, <laughs> and he's you know he's got this sort of like regal look about him. Mm, um, he does, yeah. And like I just imagine him saying something like "Doom is eternal," and <laughs> it's <laughs> like yeah, that's that's him. That that that's who we need. Um, but yeah, I like there are for some reason like. I love Keanu Reeves. I think he's 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 you know a wonderful man. That's uh, a name I've heard floated, and I don't get it. I do not get it because as much as I like that dude, he doesn't have a lot of range, um, and he's not someone for whom I like his voice. 
that is not the voice of Doctor No, you're right. It sure isn't. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though, is once he's behind the mask, you could have anybody. I mean... Yeah, but like, and that's true. But I feel like you're going to get a name like that. That's true, yeah. It's going to be... that They're the person who's going to be playing it throughout. Um, and, like, you know, not to take this in, in a, you know, in too much of a tangent, but, uh, you know, if we're going to cast Reeves as anybody in the MCU, uh, the Silver Surfer is right there. You want to get like a weird kind of ethereal dude? Yeah, that's mm. spot on. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I've seen photoshops of this before, and like I, I wish I could remember the name. Why can't I remember the uh, the uh, the actor's name? John Krasinski. Um, Jim from The Office. Yeah. Yeah. Who's uh, I've playing seen, I've uh, seen in Jack him, Ryan? Tom yeah, Clancy. Jack I've Ryan, seen yeah. him in photoshops as Reed Richards. Hmm. And I feel like that would There's work. There's been a lot of talk about that recently. Yeah. I feel like that would work. And this you is gonna this is gonna sound completely off the wall and like not even plausible. But if Jim is Reed Richards, then I think Dwight. you need to have yes, <laughs> Dwight as Doctor Doom. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh God, I for, I complete so all right, yes, that would be hysterical. Um well, just but because, I, like, I just he goofy. has that like goofy presence. He looks like he's kind of fucking crazy and like doom is smart we know that he is but like you have this guy play him where he's kind of nuts like kind of off like where as doom i just i could totally see the two of them going back and forth and like you get some of that callback to the office where these two are like back and forth with each other where reed richards puts in a jello mold you know he he could pull it off but i would I would prefer it for, wouldn't be for serious. Doom you would need to be somebody that else. they well, yeah, I mean, because this guy was like, I mean, before he messed his face up, I mean, he was Rico Suave, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you really want to capitalize on that. You I need mean, a you, you need, need a good looking dude. Yeah, like a I mean, good I mean, really like oh, you know, I a Rico Suave. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Drop the yeah, pad. So I I just <laughs> <laughs> So follow me on this, right? Mm. Okay, we'll stick with Krasinski, okay? Mm. We're going to use John Krasinski because I feel like he would make a good Reed Richards. Mm. But you have that whole time displacement thing that we talked about before where they're stuck in the negative zone, right? Mm-hmm. George Clooney as Dr. Doom. I love George Clooney. I would not take that, no. I, okay. I, I One, I think you need to have somebody older. <laughs> Second, uh, um, how dare you? Um, <laughs> or, 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 yeah, first of all, how dare you? Second of all... Um, <laughs> No, like, I, Clooney is the lead in one of my favorite movies and one of my, and just one of my favorite roles, period, yeah. uh, in that he is uh, Seth Gecko in, uh, in, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, and as much as I enjoy him in that, I don't, like, that's, okay, George Clooney is too smooth to play Doctor Doom. Okay. There's a there's there's a a bit of a a, a rough edge with, with like a velvet cover on it um, for Doctor Doom and and again another fucking guy that's already in the MCU Mads Mikkelsen Mads Mikkelsen would be perfect he'd be pretty good, he'd be pretty good. Um, he is good man he did he I don't know if you guys ever watched um, the Hannibal Lecter series that was on uh, NBC oh God yeah mm. he made a damn good Hannibal Lecter. Like, because there's something about Mads Mikkelsen that's just a little bit off. Yeah. Where you're just like, mm-hmm. he could snap at any minute and fucking kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, he just has that quality about him. <laughs> yeah, like, 
I think this will continue. We will do more about this as we speculate what's going to happen in the MCU going forward here. But this, guys, this was a ton of fun. Um, I, I, Rambo, you, you mentioned that you work at a comic book shop, but like, I, I want you to give them a plug because we've yet to do it here. So anybody, oh, yeah, lo- absolutely. Everybody, everybody local listening to um, the podcast, definitely check these guys out. Rambo, tell them all about the comic book shop that you work at and where they can find you. I have the distinct honor of having uh, helped to open this store um, and then having come back to see it has flowered into a, a, a wonderful, beautiful place. Um, Victory Comics in Falls Church, Virginia. Uh, we are right down the street from the State Theater. Um, it is a huge comic and gaming store. Uh, it, the building itself used to be three different businesses. Um, we have lots of natural light and well-stocked shelves um i oh god i saw a photo recently of a shop that looked like a tornado hit it and and somebody was like this is great and it was just nightmarish um we are we are incredibly uh lgbtqi friendly we are you know we want everybody who wants to read comics to read comics um we do tons of gaming and magic and you know we have different book clubs and things um but yeah, it is it is a shop that if I didn't that if I wasn't already associated with would absolutely be a customer of, um, and we would love to see you come out. And I'd just like to throw in the additional plug that Victory Comics has been a sponsor of Fantastic Forum, and uh, we love that store. Have shot a bunch of episodes there, and would love to shoot there in the future. So absolutely check out Victory Comics, and you can find a link on the Fantastic Forum website. Look at, <laughs> so look at that dual branding. I love it. Um, Synergy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you just did the thing with your hands where you like you spread out your fingers and kind of join them together. <laughs> did you just do that? Together. Fuck yes. Okay. Yes, I did. <laughs> I also want you, please, Mr. Rambo, you're a goddamn talented artist, man. And I don't I don't think Indeed. that gets brought up enough on this show. Um because every time I see something that you have worked on or something that you are working on, I'm just like, fuck, why isn't this guy like just making millions somewhere, just like drawing, like, like just walking up to people and be like, I'm going to sketch you, you know, and then just here, <laughs> and then just hand him money. Cause like everything I see, like when you did your sketch of Wayne from Letterkenny, which is close to my heart, but like, I was like, that's so dead on. And you managed to nail this character's persona in a matter of like, I wouldn't say it was a simple sketch, but it was like, it was pretty rough at the point that you showed it to me, but you knew exactly who it was. And like, I always envy that artists are able to do that, that you're able to just like a couple of lines here. There you go. Not like it's just some natural talent that flows through you, but like this is years and years of practice. My admiration it just dude, you're, you're an awesome artist. If people wanted to buy the things that you make, if they wanted some James Rambo originals, where can they find it? Where can they get the stuff that you make? Uh, well, first, First of all, thank you very kindly for those words. Um, I am terrible at likenesses, so that drawing of Wayne was a lot of work. Um, <laughs> uh, the easiest way to find my stuff is uh, I'm on Etsy. It is etsy.com slash shop slash art of James Rambo. One word. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of prints and a couple of original pieces up there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at uh, Rambozus, R-A-M-B-O-Z-U-S. Um, if you want to hear me talk about comics and movies and uh liberal politics um 
And yeah, if you really want to commission or something, reach out and we'll figure something out. So, for all of you who have seen season three of Daredevil, let me tell you about the little project that James Rambo <laughs> that I am so excited about. I was like, Rambo, you're a talented artist. If I were to give you money in exchange for a picture of Matt Murdock in his black outfit with the tie rope wraps around his hands, would you do this thing for me? And he was like, you're goddamn right I would. <laughs> so I am super excited about this. He's super excited about this. I can't wait to see it. But seriously, like, check this guy's stuff out. Buy some stuff. I'm sure he will appreciate it. The other guy sitting, sitting right next to me. Tell us about what you do, Mr. Campbell. Give the folks a little pitch of why they should tune into a fantastic forum. Oh, well, by all means. Well, because uh, frequently you will be able to catch James Rambo on the show. You'll be able to catch Mike Lunsford on the show, whole bunch of other people. We've got some, uh, we've got girls that we have on the show. <gasps> if you are uh, a comic book loser and you can't get a girl, <laughs> Hey, you can dream about dating one of the girls that you can hear on fantastic forum. Oh my God. <laughs> Hey, that's if you were a comic book loser and can't get a can't get a date, maybe try some introspection. Introspection isn't gonna help. Maybe a little you, look you in the man in the mirror. Yeah. Anyway, look, uh, fantasticforum.tv. Oh my god! Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we are on WERA ninety six point seven FM each and every Saturday. From 4 to 5, you can also stream the content of the show at WERA.FM. It's also a television show. And uh, as you heard, we have shot episodes over at Victory Comics. Uh, the show um, is, I mean, we, we've been in limited production lately, but uh, we are coming back. In fact, we, we had a new episode as recently as about... Uh, 60 days ago, I believe, that just went up and, uh, you know, some other new shows that are uh, absolutely coming. So fantasticforum.tv, absolutely check us out because people that you know and love, you can hear and people that you will love if you tune to the show. So uh, I hope you decide to. Yeah, I mean, you should. It's a great show. It's always fun. Uh, you've always got great topics, but also, too, I mean, the things that you, you guys cover are if, – if you're missing something when you listen to The Great Geek Refuge, if you're like, man, I really wish they had movie reviews. I really wish they talked about the stuff that was happening, like, right now. Uh, that's why you go to Fantastic Forum because Yuli gets to see these new movies. He reviews them. You get a chance to listen to whether or not they're good or whether or not they're horrible. Um, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, X-Men, Dark Phoenix, um, which I watched, by the way. God, that was such a waste of time. Um, you didn't even like Dazzler? Well, I mean, everybody likes Dazzler. Come on. <laughs> it's like, that's like saying, like, you don't like pie? Like, everybody likes pie. Come on. It's Dazzler. She was awesome. Um, it just, it, like we discussed when, uh, when you were on uh, uh, GGR Pirate Radio, you can't do Dark Phoenix in one movie because you can't just call You have to call it the Phoenix Saga. Because she starts off as good. She's like, she's this awesome mm -hmm. thing. She's powerful. She's saving people. She's killing aliens. She, she's fucking awesome. Saves the world from Deken and the Emkron crystal. Then she turns dark. You need to have that delineation. But not only that, too. We only know this character, Jean Grey, for one movie. Mm. And you need to establish that Jean Grey is this thing. And she's awesome. And she's wonderful. But she's really not that powerful. And that's why it's so shocking when it's like, holy crap, she can do all of this stuff? Like, there was so much missing. And mm. that's... That's the problem. I'm getting into another episode. Jesus Christ. Uh, we're supposed to be ending here. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you mentioned the movie reviews, uh, we just did one for Spider-Man Far From Home. 
And uh, that was really good. <laughs> and you can check that out actually over on the Great Geek Refuge website. So it was it was good. Yes. Far from home. And yes, you that. it okay. was. Oh yes. Okay. So that, that is movie. that is the first one in the new line of No, it's the last one in the yeah, this oh, is yeah, the, the last was... movie. No, oh. this is the last movie in phase three. Oh the epilogue of Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase Three. Wow. Okay. Oh, and there are three count them, three post credit scenes. So you don't leave until the house lights come up or you will miss important shit. <laughs> This is good notes. See, mm-hmm. see, come for the great doom uh, conversation. Stay for the uh, tips about watching Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Look at that, guys. Hey, guys, it's the Great Geek Refuge. Uh, www.greatgeekrefuge.com. There are podcasts. There are articles. There's lots of wonderful content for everyone to enjoy. Uh, guys, this has been another wonderful episode of Mike on the Mic. Stay tuned. We got more stuff coming up next week. Oh, you know what next week is? Next week is the five-year anniversary of the Great Geek Refuge. <gasps> Yeah. What? July 4th, 2014 was when I bought the domain for greatgeekrefuge.com. So that Friday, uh, which is the 5th, we will be Mm. having a podcast and we'll be talking about all the things that, yeah, all the things that have happened in the five years. Like where the hell did the time go, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right out the window. I know, man. It's exciting. I'm super excited. So we'll have hopefully a whole bunch of people that have been involved with GGR since the beginning. Uh, on to talk about uh, this five years of uh, of geeking out that we've been doing. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, uh, for James Rambo, for Ulysses E. Campbell, my name is Mike Lunsford, and thank you so much for listening. And remember, don't be a juice bag. This has been a Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.